0: It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Woo! Hey, JT. How you doing, man? Always great to be with the Brick. But I'm a sports talk host. I talk about multiple topics. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. Use the phone like a weapon. Wake up this town. You, the Raider Nation, have an opinion. You got that? I think you all get that. JT the Brick talk to JT. I'm on a roll. The out of control fans, the passionate fans do me a favor and surprise me today. We love Las Vegas. When I retire and walk away, you better throw a party. You won't hear from me again. I promise you, unless you catch me on the golf course, get the blank out of here. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. I'm gonna be Mr. Positive. Are you kidding me? Enjoy everything we do and please always feel welcome to call in and to be a part of the show. Big boy radio. Did I miss anything? Are you with me on that? And now. No, no, no. He Here's JT
1: the Brick. Well, JT the Brick will be back tomorrow as he is probably jetting back from the East Coast. I know he had some uh, family stuff back there, and I did see he tweeted out uh, he's also golfing. So, you know, there's uh, he's mixing a lot of great things. So JT the Brick back tomorrow, and, of course, he's gearing up because, of course, he will be super, super, super busy, as will Q, as will Clay Baker and Vinny Bonsignor, the whole Raider Nation radio lineup as what once football starts, it is nonstop. Oh yeah, it's a
2: juggernaut, man.
1: But it, it boy, it's it's almost in that respect. It's almost like having a kid. You don't realize how fast time goes until I didn't yeah. until a kid or football season. All of a sudden, it's like oh man, it's September. Then all of a sudden, it's like yeah. oh my gosh, it's, it's January week 10
2: already. Yeah, yeah, no.
1: it's week. Yeah, exactly. It's week ten. All right. Well, unless we, your team's terrible. <laughs> right. That, that's a good point. <laughs> that, that's that's if lasts forever. If your team's all in eight, you're like, You're just waiting oh my for the gosh. draft
2: by t- October.
1: Oh, this is only week nine. Touche, <laughs> touche. I'm Doug Douglas. He's Greg Salerno. Filling in for one more hour coming up in a few minutes. We'll uh have from earlier today offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi's press conference. But before that, as we were talking with Eddie Pascal, saw this come across on the ticker involving the Indianapolis Colts. But before we uh, go into what happened with the Colts today, once again, I said we played again. This may be my favorite soundbite of all time. Here's Jim Ursay, owner of the Colts, from last week.
0: If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that. The national football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who, who comes and who goes.
1: His voice makes it ten yes. times better. Well, his voice makes it sounds like he might pass away very yeah,
2: quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that,
1: that does not. Sound. Or
2: he's been involved in other people passing away. But
1: I mean, I understand what he's trying to say. I think it could have been worded a lot better. Talk about making everybody on your team not feel important, right? right? Yeah. You're not important. Yeah, I know. I, the, here's the thing: was it, Jim Brown important? Nah. Was Kenny Stabler important? <laughs> nah. The league rolls on. Nobody's important. I mean, it's
2: a good and bad thing. But I mean, then you could just say that about anybody. If of course. <laughs> What, there's no heritage in the NFL? doesn't give you a very good negotiating position.
1: (laughs) How's (laughs) that for your legacy, though, also? Uh, Greg Salerno was on the air. Ah, radio go on, whether he's on there or not. He left. He did nothing. Those those things are true, though. Howard Stern, nothing for the radio. Nothing. I mean, you know, (laughs) nobody does anything. What the heck's going on? But, so as we're talking with Eddie Pascal, across the clicker, how about this? Backup running back, listed number two in the depth chart. Behind Jonathan Taylor, even though he's not currently in camp. Zach Moss, he sustained a broken arm today in training camp. He's expected to be sidelined for at least six weeks
2: per reports. Anybody can break an arm any day. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Bobby, I hate to do this. Can you play that clip one more time? Yeah, play it
0: again. If I die tonight, and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that the National Football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who who comes and who goes.
1: And he oh. laughs. That's that's the other thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> bones break all the time.
2: Uh, we'll be down. At well, last well now Jonathan Taylor has a position of, uh, of does he? In the good, I don't. I about, don't know. It's running backs. Running well, backs. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, if you don't have one. <laughs> and he's already there. Well, here's the thing, too, is Jonathan Taylor reported some back problems anyway during camp? Well, he
1: he he tweeted out that he, that was a false report. Oh, is that true? He, well, it's true that he tweeted. Oh, okay. I have no idea if yeah, it's yeah. true. Because
2: I saw that on ESPN. So I no, sure. no.
1: He, uh, yeah, who, who knows? knows? Who knows? I guess I have back
2: problems all the time now. <laughs> uh, anybody can have a back problem. Who knows? You come, come and, and go. Spines come and go.
1: <laughs> discs they come and go (laughs) vertebrae unfortunately at my age they only go they don't
2: they don't come that's an amazing quote
1: it really is that is we're talking about earlier uh or eddie pascal put me up on the mount rushmore of life coaches in his life after
2: you said his podcast was your favorite in the county so uh you two together i
1: said he was one of my favorite people in the county i do like his podcast so upon further review it's actually a great listen we usually play it here uh Thursdays at 5 o'clock. Sometimes when an Aviators game is early, we have to move it some other time. But it's actually – they did a great job of breaking down the offense, defense. And you can, of course, go to Raiders.com and well, you know, listen to all that stuff you at don't any want to time. Miss it. You
2: don't want to miss an inning of an Aviators game.
1: Hey, I like the Aviators. They'll be in Albuquerque yeah, I, this week.
2: I just said you don't want to miss an inning. What do you mean?
1: Yeah, it, You said it in kind of weird. doesn't matter if they play or not. Hey, the I aviators happen. The games are played. Sometimes they're not. Who knows? Stadium's <laughs> come matter. and go. Dodgers, Yankees, means Eh. nothing. Means nothing. All right. Something that does mean something is earlier today, in fact, just a few hours ago, offensive quarter coordinator. I'll I'll get it right. See, I bit my tongue. If you forgot, I did bite my tongue. So it's a little... uh, Offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi spoke with the press earlier today. Here it is in its entirety.
3: Mick, just watching today. It seemed a little inefficient day for Jimmy G. And are we...
4: Just kind of seeing some of the rust, maybe, that of a guy that hasn't played football for a while. I think it's just practice from everybody. You know, um, today was third down day, um, so we worked all situations in third down. Worked two minute, um, so a lot of new stuff. Um, so, everybody, everybody on the team, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, um, is going through that phase in camp where you know every day is a different day, and their um, every day is learning experience. You're going to make some mistakes, and go learn from them. Hopefully, get better the next day. So, whether it's quarterback, receivers, tight ends. Uh, running back, fullback—they're all in the same boat, and you know everybody makes a mistake here and there. You just got to coach it and correct it, and move on, and try and get better tomorrow.
5: When you're not in pads, it, it, it's more almost rehearsal. Do you not really judge a whole lot until pads come on?
4: No, I mean they were competing out there today with no pads. I mean they were they were working hard, they were competing, you know. And again, communication and assignment is a huge thing for us with no pads, obviously, in the technique. You know, so you go out there every day and you try and focus on the technique. You can see the technique, you can see the pad level, you can see the explosion, all those things you can be seeing, and hopefully it translates to the pads, I don't know, you know. Um, but overall, I mean, you can see them compete and you can see them working hard every day is an evaluation process. You know, whether that's a just a meeting. You know, everything's part of the evaluation process, and the pads are a great benefit to that. We get to see the physicality tomorrow and the next day, um, but no, every day is I think equal.
5: I remember what was said last week that. You saw you let the team down last year. Have you, what have
4: you seen that's different from them this camp so far? Yeah, Hunter's working hard. It's like the whole receiver room. Um, you know, I think his mindset overall has been really good. Been positive, um, taking the coaching, um, and really just trying to get better every day. Just like the whole room. You know, the receiver room's done a great job with that with Coach Egger, and you know they're working. hard, taking the coaching points and working towards becoming better. And I think you see that every day at practice.
3: Obviously, it's fairly unique, and that you've worked. The guys have worked in the system, um, and, and Jimmy and Brian. But when you turn over an entire quarterback room, what kind of, I guess, issues does that present about working toward the season? Yeah,
4: you no, know, I mean, I don't think there's really many issues that come from it. I think you just you start, you know, every day, every year, with you know, you start to build a foundation. You know, build a foundation of. Hey, we're gonna to start to do this, tweak some things and and go from there. And I think just building the foundation of those guys. And obviously, yes, you're right. You know, if you have a returning player for any position, whether that's halfback, receiver, or tight end, it's gonna you're gonna they're gonna have some recall. Um, but overall, you know, every every year you have to go back over the basics, whether you're Devontae Adams, you know, or or some other player that's new to the team. You know, you're gonna to have to go back over the foundation and make sure they have all the coaching points and anything you change from the South Scout from the offseason.
5: Vic, you've been on a lot of good football teams, but I'm curious. Yeah. This is arguably the deepest wide receiver room in the NFL. When you look around that room and what everyone offers, is this kind of an offensive coordinator's dream come true?
4: Well, there. First of all, I think that receiver room works extremely hard. You know, which it makes coaching very, very, very enjoyable. Which every every meeting they have them in there, they have their notebooks out, they're attentive, they're listening, and I think that's really at the end of the day what you strive for as a coach. Um, the whole entire unit is pretty much that way, which is great. Um, their attention is great. Their attention to detail is what you want it to be, and I think as a as a coach, as the speaking of the unit, um, it's very enjoyable to go in there in the meeting room every day and on to the practice field because they want to get better.
3: There's a couple of your rookies that you drafted that were starting to get a couple of reps and yeah. pretty good in vertical game. Michael Mayer and Trey Tucker. What yeah. have you seen from them that you like so far?
4: Um, I mean, you know, Michael. Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, he uh, made a couple plays today, which was good to see in the passing game. Um, again, hopefully he can translate that to the running game and stuff like that tomorrow. Um, and then Trey Tucker, um, you know, first of all, no one, you know, I think um, has all the answers to come to the league, first of all. And they're, it's tough as a rookie. And I think those guys have done a good job of coming in here and just taking the coaching, especially like the young linemen as well, you know. And they really were working hard to kind of, I would say, just grow. And you hope to see that in practice with the young player. And I think you see that kind of expand throughout with them, and it's very, very fun to see with any young player, in any position.
3: Last year was your first as a coordinator, obviously. Yeah, kind of learn from that experience that's you know helping you come in into the year too.
4: I think just everything, you know, um, you guys have I think asked me that before in the spring and stuff like that. I think overall, just anything you do in life, you learn from your mistakes and you learn from just trials and. And all those type of things. Hey, I'm going to do this a little bit differently because I didn't like how I did it before. Or, you know, I was doing that right. That felt really good. Just overall, I think everything, you expect everything, you know, everything a little bit better. You know how to script practice, you know how to go through that, you know how to talk to the players, hold the team meeting, all that kind of stuff. And you take notes and try and improve. I think that's the best part about coaching. You know, you know coaches can coach each other, which is great. You use people as resources and you look to get better and deliver something the right way to the players. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want to do as a coach. You want to deliver the message to the players that helps them become effective on the field. And whatever best way possible that is, there's no right or there's no wrong. You just want to make sure it's best for them because each room is different and each team is different. So you try and formulate that to the team you have.
3: What have you seen about uh, Aiden's development? And how much does it helped to have help guys like Brian and Jimmy around?
4: I'm sorry, who did you say? Oh, Aiden. Aiden. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, look, Brian has been in the league a long time, been in the system a long time. Um, And then obviously Jimmy has experience and a lot of playing experience, both in this offense and other ones. Um, I think Aiden is just like the other two guys we asked about before is just becoming a sponge and trying to play fast and play NFL quarterback, you know, and learn the offense. And, but again, they have the same installations, but, you know, there's their resources for Aiden, which is great, you know, and um, I think the time he spent on it has been coming to show fruition in practice, but overall, I think, Whenever time you have veteran quarterbacks in the room, they have little nuggets to kind of give the young guys, which is great um, that you can't offer as a coach, you know, um, as a quarterback coach, you can tell them the reads and all that stuff and give them reminders. But, you know, sometimes players have a little different tidbits to give each other, which that's great too, you know, whether it's receiver back tight ends, those veteran guys, Hey, try this, do this. You know, the veterans really take pride in doing that with each other, which is, which is really fun to see, whether it's the receivers or the tight ends. I mean, You know, and as a coach, too, you can ask a player, hey, what do you think about this? Have you tried this before? You know, and they may have good or bad experiences from it. And that's the same thing with quarterback. So overall, it's been great.
5: Jimmy has to keep his focus. He's the man. It's his job. So this is not a slam on Jimmy in the least bit. But in New England, Brian was able to be a backup but also coach to Mac Jones. How much does it help to have him where he's sitting next to Aiden showing him things just so Aiden's hearing it from two places, a coach and a player.
4: Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, all the meeting room that's in there, it's very, it's very, very, um, I would say just open. And all those guys are, I would say, talking back and forth and giving reminders and tips, and there's no egos in there at all, which is the best part about it. Brian doesn't have an ego, Jimmy doesn't have an ego, and Aiden's just a sponge. So, I mean, overall, and Coach Bo does a great job with those guys, and, you know, they go over everything in detail just like every position group. And I think just overall, you know, having that communi- that communication between the whole room is is great, whether it's Brian or Jimmy to both Aiden. I
3: think yeah. you know, last year you kind of led the way with the tight end rooms since you guys didn't um, like have a specific coach for. Yeah. You know, taking over that position. What are you seeing just kind of them working together as a
4: group. Yeah, Jerry is a great person and, um, you know, fits in really well with the staff and works really hard. And, um, like everybody else in the staff, they – you know, I can't speak highly enough of the staff that we have in terms of trying to get their position out there. Um, Jerry just, you know, is a, is a really detailed coach. Attention detail is important to him. Um, players respect him because of what he demands from him every day. Um, and I, I trust a lot to Jerry to get what we need to get the tight end room to do um, because he puts a lot of time and effort into it, and they see that. Right,
1: thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. appreciate it. From earlier today, Raiders HQ, that was Raiders OC, Mick Lombardi. And I thought, an interesting point, you know, because that is something that is a concern. You know, it's all new quarterbacks and everything like that. But the system is familiar to them, and they're, you know, they seem like they're all very coachable. And, you know, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he's got a track record of of being a winner when he's been a starter. Sure. And, I mean... Look, the offense is loaded. If you look at it on
2: paper, the offense is loaded, and they're not really young guys. They're all veteran guys who've played. So, I think that helps out, you know, a lot. Like you get, I think, like the Bengals, for instance, their skill, skill skills positions are amazing, but they're a lot younger guys. So, if there's a lot of a lot of change. Maybe you could see, you know, how it would take a while for it to all come together. Devontae Adams knows what he's doing. Renfro knows what he's doing. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs? But if he's there, he knows what he's doing. Uh, Jimmy's been in the league and been a winner, you know, for a while now. He knows what he's doing. Obviously, the coach, he knows. So, I mean, I don't think there's a big adjustment period for these guys. I think that they they'll they'll be able to go out there and do what they got to do. Again, I don't know. If I keep bringing it up. My thing is the defense. I mean, I'd be a lot more worried about the defense and getting that and and them having starting the season off on the right foot, no pun intended, then the offense, hey, then the offense uh, gelling because I think the offense is going to be fine.
1: Well, it's interesting. Hunter Renfro had a uh, press conference last week. In fact, we played it in its entirety uh, Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour on Raider Nation Radio. And and I know you can go to Raiders.com and check all those out. You know, he, I think this year – He had some injury issues last year, and I think he lost some confidence, and he didn't, you know, the system wasn't second nature to him. Sure. And, you know, I mean, my gosh, he was just automatic on third downs a couple years ago. And I think that I could see him really taking a step back to what he was for the Raiders. And you get that, and then, like you said, you know— you get people who are familiar with the system if they can, or as Eddie Pascal said when we talked with him last hour, if they can change some of those threes that they got last year into sevens. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll, you look at the times they were leading by a lot in the second half. If they could have just scored some touchdowns, you're changing some of those L's to W's.
2: Well, Eddie was talking about the offensive line and saying how it looked like they had already gelled really well, too, and that's the most important thing on the offense, first of all. I mean, you have yep, to have the offensive have line. That. So, again, like – and that's why I bring up the veterans there. I mean, like Renfro, for instance, I don't think – and I I say this about every sport, and maybe I overdo it, but injuries to me are so much bigger than people realize. Yeah. You know, they always say, what's wrong with this guy? And it's like, dude – A lot. Yeah. And sometimes we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The guy's obviously not feeling well. He didn't just all of a sudden forget how to play. So I think if Renfro is healthy, that's even bigger than getting – I mean, obviously you have to know the system and everything too. But just a just burst – you know, making cuts, things like that. I mean an injury, obviously, and this at this level too, where finely tuned athletes like that, it makes such a huge difference.
1: Well the thing is in the NFL, you know, you have to report things. You know, have to. But everything, sure. you know, let's be honest, everything is not going to be reported because you're not gonna report certain lingering things all the time, perhaps. Well, some, even when they are reported though, people forget. Yeah. You know and, and they forget. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's why it must be so tough. I mean, there's so many people on social media and the thin skin of so many people on social media. I mean, sure. and, and rightfully so sometimes. But I can't imagine being a professional athlete right? knowing that, you know, here, at the start of the show, I said I bit my tongue. I want to keep bringing it up so when people say, boy, this guy's Why aren't terrible. You eating like
2: you used to? Yeah,
1: this guy's terrible. Well, I, if I hadn't bit my tongue, right. I'd be really on fire today. But the point is just attack, 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 and then you're thinking – my gosh, you know, my hamstrings barely That's being held exactly. together. Imagine and, yeah, being a I wide got receiver. Burnt. Yeah. You're getting burnt by
5: <laughs> somebody
2: yeah.
1: somebody and all of a sudden you're like, Yeah, oh. come out here. Good luck. But well, you're just quiet,
2: you just have to keep taking it to get away from the Raiders for a second, just even last year with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Right. The yeah. guy he has a pole put in his hand, and people are like, We can't figure out what's wrong with Dak. His throws are a little off. It's like dude, You got a pole in there. Yeah, I know. It's like what I, I. What do you expect? I mean, I don't know. I just think sometimes we forget about the injuries. That actually, it
1: does. These people are human. I know they're humans that are special humans, but they're still human. Well, the crazy thing about it is, I, I will do this analogy to driving on the freeway, and also you forget, you know, when people are zipping back and forth, or you know slamming on the brakes and everything. There're people in those other cars. You right. know, just back off for a minute. Just relax a little bit. I know, you know, you're late to something, but just, you know, don't be a total jerk all the time. And that's the thing even when it comes to, you know, hey. <laughs> I you will never I don't think anybody's ever I don't boo. Now, yeah. I've gone to Raider Games for years and years and years. I mean, back in uh Oakland and uh I mean, my Cousin was a season ticket holder for years, right behind the black hole. We weren't in the black hole. We were right behind the black hole. And you know what? Whatever you can boo, I've got no problem with it. But I don't boo. I well, I just did, because I just think you know, cheer or don't say anything or you know, be loud. Ah, you know, for your defense when your defense is on the field, be right, loud. Be right. quiet when your offense is on right. the field. But it's just like, come on, there are people. Doesn't people. booing feel dumb too? I think so. Like when you're doing it, it's like boo. Uh, like what
2: boo, am I doing right? You You're terrible. So <laughs> okay, right. I might say that.
1: <laughs> well, hey, sometimes sometimes uh, people do it. But uh, somebody was booing yesterday. And I said, eh, the Aces game. I was like, ah, oh, come on, don't, don't be
2: bored." I'd hate to play left field in the Yankee Stadium, though. I've heard some <laughs> Oh, my some gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, that's where outfielders, you know, you're kind of on your own little island yeah. in a way like that, and you are out there with the fans. I mean, there's there's some, I bet, uh, yeah, I bet Yankee Stadium. I can't Fenway. repeat some of it, but it was
2: some fun stuff. Yeah. Said out there. Now,
1: did you ever yell it? Uh, okay. <sighs> so you have uh, I've lost a little respect uh, for you. I'm sorry. All right. Hey. I know this is uh JT the Brick show and I know he will say this Grimaldi's is hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. He says that but guess what? I also love Grimaldi's. Only at Grimaldi's Pizzeria can you get famous New York style coal-fired brick oven pizza that you crave. Grimaldi's has four locations in the Vegas Valley. Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and where I go in Green Valley. That's right on eastern avenue for more visit grimaldi's pizzeria.com and don't forget hey thanks to grimaldi's being a tremendous partner and generously providing us with 50 dollar gift cards to give away to our loyal fans that's a weekly thing Ooh, can i be a loyal fan i don't know are you loyal all right coming up next we'll dive into a little bit of mlb talk because the trade deadline is tomorrow three o'clock pacific time i know they always say eastern but darn it we're in the pacific time zone Coming up next on J.T. The Brick Show.
0: Morning, Pee-wee. Little Francis. Today is my birthday and my father said I can have anything I want. Good for you and your father. So guess what I want? A new brain? No, your bike. <laughs> oh, what's so funny, Pee-wee? It's not for sale, Francis. My father says everything's negotiable. Pee-wee, I wouldn't sell my bike for all the money in the world. Not for a hundred billion, million, trillion dollars. Then you're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd! I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot! I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity! No, I'm not. You are! No! way. Knock it off! Cut it out! it up! What do you make me? Why don't you make me? Because I don't make monkeys, I just trade them!
1: And that was Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman, his biggest role by far. And unfortunately, Paul Rubens uh, passed away today. I guess he'd been uh, diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, 70 years old. Does the
2: seventy sound young these days?
1: Now that I'm in my late, late 50s, yes, 70 sounds When I was a kid,
2: 70 sounded
1: like, you know, ancient. But 70 seems like you should still be around. It's all perspective. But now... I must admit, uh, Pee-wee Herman movies. Yeah. That was a little, and I know a lot of people my age loved Pee-wee Herman. Oh, I
2: loved him. I mean, well, I was, you're a little bit younger. Yeah, than me. I was
1: the age of when that
2: movie came out. Was like the funniest thing in the world to me. So yeah, I I don't think a I large ever saw it Marge in, and all that stuff, theaters or anything. I just and then he had
1: Pee-wee's well, Playhouse, right?
2: Yeah, Pee-wee's Playhouse um, was the show that every Saturday morning the kids would watch. And again, I wasn't that I wasn't that generation, and all of his. Furniture would talk, and they were all characters and stuff. It was a great little little world. He had a magic word of the day, and if he said the word, everybody would start cheering and stuff. And uh, but he, you know, the thing that people don't realize is he was actually a really good serious actor as well. Yeah, he was in Blow with yeah. uh, Johnny Depp and uh, Penelope Cruz. He played the 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 hookup in California. The the That when they first started out or whatever, their business, you know. Well,
1: and also, there were a lot of comedic actors that really got their start on Pee Wee's Playhouse, too. Yeah, of course. I think, okay, I could be wrong. I think Janet Jackson was on that show as a kid. Are you serious? I think so.
4: I think Jana that Jackson? was Good Times, but close. Right, right. Oh, oh was that
1: she was definitely went? on Good Times. Yeah, she was the neighbor. No, with, but I think uh, she was a Winona on... or something. Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> good times. The, that's yeah, more the, in my the adopted child of Winona or something. <laughs> that's right. it. Yeah. By the way, the chair. speaking of Pee Wee, he was also the waiter in the second Cheech and Chong movie.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that that wasn't Up in Smoke? Right. That was no the, the second one. The, the what, next the, movie, with the ice cream truck.
4: Yeah. No. No, that was the third one. Oh, dang! Nice dreams.
2: Oh man, nice dreams. Okay, yeah, ben, he was the second one I'm where he's
4: the, the, the second one where he's got the redneck cousin with Chong, and they're going around to the different places with the blonde girl, and they end up in that one restaurant, and the waiter is yes, Pee Wee.
2: That's right. He's also played a vampire in a movie. I can't remember what movie that was. Though. He had his
4: vampire
1: era. He had that yeah. look. Yeah. How about this? Phil Hartman was on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Ah. Uh-huh. Sandra Bernhardt. Uh, do you remember Calvert DeForest? The little actor, if I showed you this picture, oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey, wasn't Janet Jackson on that show at one point? (laughs) Yes, it was called Good Times in Pee Wee's Playhouse. All right, so anyway, you know, said it was amazing. I heard it in the hallway before we uh, came in to do the show, you know, and it's amazing how different people it's just if it touches your life, it touches your life, and you're (laughs) sad. I mean, it really is,
2: yeah. Uh, no joke in I'm not making a joke no, I, but don't. it is unfortunate though that he got known for things off the court you know because he was such a talented guy right in the theater in the theater yeah and uh, yeah he was such a uh, you know a talented guy and, and he was such a big part of like kids' lives and a whole generation for that to happen but I'll tell you what he owned up to it. And he, You're did the, exactly right. he did the MTV awards. I remember one yep. year and he came out and the first thing he says is, have you heard any good jokes lately? And it was like the way he said it was really, really good and everybody cheered and he I was right back
1: in. So respect people that own up to things. Me too. And I don't, you know, I'm sure I've fallen short many times in life, but yes, you have <laughs> including on this show. Right. Yeah. But now the point being is that, you know, we all make mistakes. But, oh, you know, yeah, well, sometimes know you just got to own up and say, you know what? Yeah, I made that mistake. And unfortunately, I'll probably make another mistake, but hopefully you learn from your mistakes and you move on. All right. Speaking of learning from our mistakes and moving on, the MLB trade deadline tomorrow, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Pacific time. Not Eastern time. I'm not dealing with that. We live in the, the nice part of the country. Well, that's right. nah there's, there's yeah, you're from that other part, and I'm from another part. I know, too. and that's why I'm here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but let me ask you this: Yes, I, you are wearing a Yankees hat. Yeah, yes. we'll just be you follow the Yankees. I'm a yeah. Cubs fan for a while. I must admit, a month ago, I thought, well, Cubs are trading. You know, uh, yeah, bollinger has gone, uh, Stroman's gone. They're gonna then they then they win like five in a row. Now they lost last night to. Uh, uh, one of my least favorite teams is St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. but Wasn't Jenna Jackson on that? <laughs> yes, yes. Good times with the Cardinals when they won the <sighs> World Series. but the, But the point being is with now, and I'm not sure whether I like this or not. I guess in a way I like it. But, you know, I know it's been a while, but so many more teams make the playoffs than back in our day. And so being a buyer and a seller kind of now changes. And you look at the Angels – with Otani, which I think they're making the right call. I mean, you know what? You don't give up on your fans. They probably won't make the playoffs. They could. They lost uh, I think it's They mo- lost the series in uh, Toronto. They I think it has it. more to
2: do with the fact of getting in the return.
1: Getting in the return, and also he has a chance at making history with the single yeah. season. So, I mean, you want you want some other team to have I that? I mean, he, he might legitimately be the best player ever. <laughs> he might be, yeah, <laughs> all around. Yeah, but, so. but the thing is... You know, you can see the Guardians now. Sellers, obviously, Max Scherzer, the Mets. Yeah, the Mets. Wow, the Mets and the Padres. There can't be more two disappointing teams this oh, year than the, the Mets and the Padres.
2: I have a lot of friends from San Diego, and man, they were pumped before the season started. I don't and, blame them. I mean, I yeah, would have been be good too. too. That's crazy. I, you know, I was looking at this earlier, the AL East, and it's really kind of warps you, your 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 senses a little bit because you look at it. If you don't look at the numbers. You're like, oh, man, Red Sox and Yankees are in last and second to last. But. But if they were in the Central, they'd be in first place. Yeah. If you look at the records. So, I mean, they're only three games out of the wild card. You're only three so games. None. Neither one of those teams I, I would think would be a seller. They're all going to be buyers. So.
1: The Yankees can't be a seller.
2: No. no. And A I mean,
1: handful of games. No. And, 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 and plus,
2: start. you have, what, the Orioles, the Rays, Toronto. There's no guarantee. All those teams are going to end the season on, on the same run they've been going. Uh, yeah, the Rays have definitely not been on the same no. run that he started with. And and if, even the wild card race, I mean, three and a half games is nothing, especially this time of year. It's a
1: weekend, basically.
2: So if you can make a trade to get you some pitching, uh, maybe some hitting for the Red Sox, I mean, I think they're definitely going to be in the market.
1: Well, that's that's the thing. If you are a fan of a team, whether it's you know football, basketball, anything, if you're within. Spitting distance of the playoffs. I would say this even more in hockey because hockey, we've seen eight seeds win the Stanley Cup before, right? But uh, well, we've seen wild card teams win. The well, baseball Super Bowl. is one of the yeah, yeah. And Baseball and, too. and baseball so, is one of
2: those teams where, like you know, the worst team can sweep the best team in any given week. You yeah. Know? So
1: actually, I, I'll, I'll step back on that. But I mean, if you're a fan of a team. And they're within – how many games would you say? I would say within – it's it's only August 1st. Well, the division, they're about eight and nine out. No, I don't care. I I'm just okay. talking about making the playoff. Uh,
2: I would say if you're within – I've got a number in mind. <sighs> it's just now August, basically. So I would say I had five, six games. I was going to say six games, yeah. yeah. If I'm within five, I don't want my team going on a fire sale. No. No. Uh, in fact – I would say maybe even more than that. I mean, let's put it this way:
1: you well, could, you, you could to pass other teams. That's what
2: no, I mean. but I'm saying you could be a buyer, you could be a seller, or you could just sit pat. So I think five or six games you sit pat. You know what I mean? I would agree. Yeah, you don't have to. even I'm not going to be a seller at five or six games because then next year you don't know what's going to happen. But uh, if now if you're seven, eight, nine, ten games out, then maybe you start selling and start. No, hey, if you're the Rockies, guess what? Well, then you're always a seller probably. Unfortunately,
1: because you're in the cellar. You're always the seller because you're in the cellar. They keep
2: their baseballs in the cellar, too.
1: I'm here for 20 more minutes. Hello. Unfortunately. Oh, you stop
2: it. No, I didn't mean – I meant for both of us.
1: Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Yeah, so you look at that, you think, but for there to be buyers, there must be sellers and there must be deals. You look at uh, Scherzer who – boy, they did – I saw a report. I mean, he's losing – he's lost a lot of – Oomph and movement on his pitches. Yeah, he's older. He waved the clause to go to Texas, so the Mets are pretty much packed it in. Which they, they <laughs> baseball basically is
2: should. so tough. Like we talked about with the baseball draft, how like you just never know what's going to happen. I, did you
1: first of all the baseball draft? We had talked about last time we did the JT the Brick Show. We talked about that they need to do something more about it. Unless you're a hardcore baseball fan, and yeah. I, I follow baseball, even right. I all of a sudden I thought, oh. This person was dragged.
2: Nobody has any idea. T- but that. But I'm just saying that's just how baseball is. It's so you don't know. I mean, even if you make, let's say you are a buyer and you go out and you spend a. You know, you get some prospects and you spend some money and all that. You have no idea how that person's going to perform no. when they know your team. I mean, in basketball, you pretty much know most of the time. Football, most of the time, you know, you get a pretty good idea. You're getting a good player. I mean, they can get injured and stuff. But baseball is so tough because you just have no idea. And then one team gets hot. You do a bunch of stuff. Then one team gets hot at the end of September, and all of a sudden they're the World Series champions.
1: Yeah. it's It'll be interesting to see what happens, and uh, hopefully if your team's in it, They make some good decisions for you. Tell you what, thank you, uh, Greg, for stopping by. When we come back, Hugh said this was the best press conference he's heard in a long time, so we will play it. Linebacker for now, the Raiders, Robert Spillane, came over from the Steelers. He said the passion in this press conference is off the hook. So we'll play that as we wrap it up here on the JT The Brick Show on a Monday. What do you say? Woo!
2: We don't. I think, again, like I said, I think we're just going to follow the plan that they have in place for him. Um, You know, continue to build chemistry while he's out there and um, he's been out there. Like I said, he was out there the first two days. Just kind of, like I said, we had a planned day yesterday, but um, just, you know, keep it day to day and and continue to progress uh, him back in there, you know, and and, take the reps that, um, that he's taken and try to make the most of those. And Um, eventually that would obviously be the goal is, you know, where there's zero restriction and we're kind of through that phase. But, um, you know, as of right now, that's not a, like there's a preset date where that's going to happen.
1: From Saturday's press conference, Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's fine. We're all good. As Vin Scully used to say, we're all just day-to-day anyway. That's a Jim or Jim Ursay. <laughs> Jim Ursay. Oh, you know what? We got to do this one more time. No context,
0: please, Mister Jim Ursay. If I die tonight, and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that the National Football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who who comes and who goes. I'll,
1: I'll say this: After if I die tonight, he's laughing. He's joking. By the way, we uh, said the currently the number two. Running back for the Colts, Zach Moss, uh, broke his arm today in practice. He's out at least six oh, weeks. crazy.
0: But you know what Jim Mercer would say? If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. <laughs> you know, we know that. The national football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who, who comes and who goes.
1: There, there are certain I, clips
0: I can listen to a hundred times.
1: Can I
2: ask you something real quick before we get into this press conference? Yes. Uh, all right. So you're the Raiders, right? Who would you rather be right now? The Raiders or the Broncos? Who would I rather be? Yeah. Let's see, you're the, you could have it Raiders or the Broncos. That's your team. Now I'm not talking about fan p- going into the season. Right, right. Raiders. Right? Yes. I That's just right. don't get it. I don't, no, I don't get either. it. I don't
1: either. Well, let's say hey, we'll see what it goes. All right. From uh Q said this, and while Q cannot pick boxers, don't let him pick boxers. <laughs> he said this press conference with uh Raiders linebacker Robert Spillane was excellent. Passion. So let's play that right now. it.
6: Nice, how
3: how were the first couple of days, gone? what have you seen from uh from the defense in terms of coming all together and
6: learning everything? Yeah, I think we're off to a great start. We just finished practice four here. Um, defense is coming together in terms of communication, effort, discipline, the things that we want to really focus and improve on in the off-season. So just from day one to day four, our effort to the ball, our effort attacking the ball at the finish has been uh, already, we're raising that standard. So we just got to keep holding each other accountable and good things will happen.
3: I know it's going to take 17 games to kind of define what this defense is all about, but as you sit here today, what do you want the characteristics of this defense to be about?
6: Yeah, I, I love a blue-collar, gritty defense that's stingy, always attacking the ball, making plays, making turnovers. Um, at the end of the day, there's not much difference between a two- and a four-yard game, but when you make those splash turnover plays, those really affect the outcome of the game. So we're, how can I get my hand on the ball? How can I punch this ball out? How can I get in a passing window, maybe make that quarterback throw it a few Feet higher in the air, so I give my secondary time to make a play on the ball. Um, Good defenses get PBUs, make tackles. Great defenses turn the ball over and score a touchdown, so that's what we're looking to do. You
3: saw a punch out on Devontae. I think you were on the field when that happened. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
6: Yeah, always hungry for the ball. I mean, we're not going just to bring the guy to the ground. We want to rip that ball from the body, so any chance that we can get to do that – that goes into effort and having a conscious decision that we're always attacking the football. So yeah.
5: What's uh, stood out or impressed you about playing next to Divine Diablo?
6: Yeah, Divine is a great communicator. He's a great leader. He uh, knows this defense in and out. He's been in the system his second year, so he's really uh, taking great steps. And um, he's a great football player. At the end of the day, you want you want to surround yourself on a defense with twelve. Hungry players who will do anything for, to get that ball, so um, I love playing with them.
3: Obviously, when you were in Pittsburgh, there was a lot of great veteran guys around you, but now you come into a situation where you are the veteran guy. How do you physically but also mentally prepare yourself throughout the offseason to take on a bigger workload?
6: Yeah, I mean, it comes down to leadership, uh, showing guys what we want to be as a defense, And not just by talking it in the meetings, going out there and practice every day, showing that effort, uh, showing the attack on the football. I'm going to keep reiterating that because that's a main point of emphasis for me. And I want the guys around me ball hungry. I mean, good players make 100 tackles. They might get a contract the next year. They might not. You are a linebacker with five-plus turnovers. You're going to be in this league a long time. So I'm telling the guys, find ways to get that ball out and to make plays. How much of that
3: message comes from linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, did it at the highest level,
6: obviously? Yeah, I love working with Antonio. Uh, coach Pierce has obviously done it for a long time in the league. And when you got somebody like that in your meeting room, as the leader of our room, uh, you, you listen, and you want to soak in all the information. He's been to the game that we want to play, and he's won those big-time games being the green-dot leader of that defense. So... He has so many great ideas and coaching points, and I just want to soak up everything he can give me. Robert,
5: I want to ask you about two players. First, a UDFA from last year, Luke Masterson, had a really good rookie season. What do you see from him? He reminds a lot of people of you.
6: He is a hungry, athletic, strong kid who is willing to do whatever it takes to be a champion. He comes in with that championship mindset every day, looking to get better, looking to be a good teammate. So there's nothing more I can ask from him.
5: And following up, there's a UDFA this year, Drake, that they like, that they are optimistic about. What have you seen from, I, clearly no pads, I get that, but what have you seen so far from him?
6: Very similar in that mindset. Looking for that winning edge is what I call it. What can I do a little bit different? And he comes and seeks advice and opinions. And I love that, seeing that from young players. Going into year six, when I can get around even other veteran guys and try to find their winning edge, um, you always got to search for it. Because the moment you you stop searching for that winning edge is the moment you're out of this league. So we all are here trying to refine our crafts, get better every day, and be a good teammate. You used the word
3: mindset probably about eight times here. Um, do you feel like? Playing defense, forcing turnovers can be a mindset, something that you know you, you, you think about and make it happen.
6: It doesn't happen by accident, I always say. You don't accidentally become an NFL linebacker, uh, undrafted player going on year six. It doesn't happen by accident. So it is that intentional mindset. It's something that you think about during practice, after practice, when you're at home, first thing you wake up in the morning. So you kind of live that life. It's all you you're consumed by it. And that's something that it that brings you to that next level.
3: It sounds like your, your personal messaging is about forcing turnovers, getting to the ball. How much of that comes from the team? Obviously, it's been a, an issue in the last couple of years that I haven't been able to do that. So how much of that comes from the top and how much is that just you're bringing that to this?
6: Oh yeah, I mean, at, every everybody, every position coach is talking about it on the defensive side of the ball. Every position coach on offense is talking about taking care of the ball football is the name of the game that ball is gold and I always say when you're running with it you're running with the hopes and dreams of the team when you get a chance to get an interception you are changing the outcome of the game so um we're always looking to do that it
3: it did seem like it was starting to to be a little more ramped up at the end of practice today especially are you guys looking forward to getting the pass on
6: later yeah I mean you can only go so hard in helmets um it's football-like, it's not football. It's drills, it's refining your craft, but at the end of the day, it's not football. When that pads come on and the lights come on and it's Sunday at noon, that's go time. But for right now, we're just trying to get better.
5: Robert, I, obviously you weren't here last year. You can't comment to that, but they made a concerted effort to upgrade its speed. When you look around, you've been on some teams with some really good speed. When you look around you, do you what do you think of the speed of this defense?
6: Yeah, I think it's more than that. It's having 11 hungry football players who are on the same page, who are running the same defenses, who are communicating with each other, who are flying to the ball. Everyone's fast in this league. Everyone knows how to run. Everybody's got fast players, but it's those teams that don't have to turn and run and think, oh, should I run to that ball? It's no, turn and haul ass. We're we're getting this guy to the ground, and we're trying to steal that ball from him at all costs. So it's – it's more of a mindset than it is a speed thing. Robert, and you played with guys like Cam Hayward, Robert, um, not Robert, I mean, um, Stephon to DeMarvin Leal, and Chris Wormley. Can you talk about the transition moving off from those defensive linemen to the defensive linemen you have here? Yeah, like I said, we're still in the stages of helmets only. Um, so we can only do so much in terms of team run, in terms of running pass rush games, five-man blitzes. So it's always about, that conversation that you have with the D lineman, especially being a player who stands behind them. I always like to tell my lineman, maybe you're a B gap player, maybe you're an A gap player. I don't care, go eat. We're gonna make you right, the coaches will fix you up. Go make plays and we are behind you to make you right. So at the end of the day, I just want them to feel free to go play their games
4: a foreign training camp in the
6: July Vegas heat, how much different is it compared to Oak Park, uh, Kalamazoo, Nashville? Yeah. Like I said, like so weather doesn't really dictate our behavior. It's a circumstance. And at the end of the day, I'm very grateful to be here, very grateful that I get to put on my helmet every day and go out there and practice, whether it's 115 degrees, whether it's negative five like we played last year. It, it's a blessing. So you never take those those reps for granted. You know, every time you go on that field, it could be the last time you ever step on a football field. So, yeah. What um,
4: the first couple of times with you and interacting with the Raider Nation, being a Raider? How has that been?
6: Yeah, I, I really look forward to getting in the community, getting to know Raider Nation, um, and not from these podium talks. I want them to see me for my play, for see who I am as a person in the community. So this is just the prelims and I want them to know me for the right reasons. Speaking
0: of community, what's your impressions of the Las Vegas market?
6: The Las Vegas market, you said? Um, The city. The city, you mean? Yeah. I love the city. Uh, I'm a a local now. (laughs) I bought a house here in Vegas. Uh, I look forward to getting to know the communities. Great food, great weather, beautiful views. I've been loving the mountain views. In the summer, I spent a lot of time at Red Rock. Um, I like the outdoors and the nature, so, yeah. Robert,
5: going back to when I covered you at Kalamazoo, you've always been a thumper, high-intensity guy. Question, training camp's grueling, so I know you're excited to get the pads on, but having been through so many camps, is it like, hey, I'm going to enjoy, there's no physicality right now?
6: Uh that's kind of a hard question to say. It's part of the process. As an NFL player, um, you need these days to get prepared for the days with the pads. So it's just about getting our legs back under us, refining those crafts, so when the pads do come on, you're not thinking, you're just going out there and playing football.
5: Robert, with such a emphasis on takeaways, what does adding a guy who not only has 32 career interceptions, but also has a certain edge at cornerback, Marcus Peters, what can he do? add to this
6: defense? I think he could add so much and having a guy with that type of history, the ball searching history, he's lived that life. It doesn't happen by accident that he gets his hand on the ball so many times. You watch his film every single time he can. He's going for that strip out. He's going for that punch out. He's looking for ways and coverage to come off his receiver, even though he might be covering a man to man and go make a play. And uh, you need guys like that, especially to help the young guys grow. To see that it's possible to do some two jobs at once, yeah, I'm gonna take care of mine, but now I'm gonna go help my brother out. And he's a great uh, leader. Playing against him for so many years, I've seen it in person. I've seen him him craft, and uh, he does a great job. And he's been great with the young players so far. Okay, thank you, bro. Thank you,
1: guys. That was Raiders linebacker Robert Spillane. His press conference. Hugh, you weren't lying. You were correct. That was that was very good. And Q will be coming up next with Unnecessary Roughness. Make sure you listen to that. And JT the Brick back tomorrow. So the return of JT the Brick, Unnecessary Roughness. We got it all right here on Raider Nation Radio. Thanks to Bobby. Thanks to Greg Salerno. I'm Doug Douglas. Until next time, bye-bye.